No person under the sound of these words will leave this place. The word of oath that doeth good, like eternal life. The word of truth that brings a change in the power of the gospel is what they will see live and encounter, such that they will not leave this place swayed, deceived, is enchanted by the words of men or feel the activities of presentation but the message presented will have lodgments in the very sphere of their meditation will take a hold with their thoughts thank you for healing bodies thank you for saving thank you for your power to liberate thank you for restoration Thank you for refreshing. We honor the name of Jesus and give him glory. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. I never see that. I never see that. Look up somebody, shake the person. Say, this is church service. The name of this church is Mercy Assembly. And I have the Glorious privilege, a child of God, to welcome you into this place. You have a choice what you do, but you don't have a choice the consequences of your action. Someone doesn't come into church, for example, for whatever reasons. And we have too many reasons at times why we don't come into church service. You don't come into church for service. Someone says, well, I slept on the wrong side, woke up on the wrong side. Someone else says, well, I was just damn busy. I had too many things to do. I had to pet and molly cuddle my children. Someone else says, my car is puffing like a red dragon. I've been very busy. So I couldn't make church. That's your action. The consequences of this omission, you cannot determine. I've seen people who manipulate their impute and also attempt to witchily manipulate the consequences of people's actions. Someone says, for example, how was church today? You say church was drab. You say, hey, I need to be dry because I did come. Very dry? Yeah. In fact, there's power outage. Yes, because I didn't come, there's power outage. <laughs> Thank the Lord. God is good. Who else came? Nobody came but the pastor. Yes, I said it. I said it. I said that I won't be in church. Pastor will not come. I, I mean, pastor alone will come. The Lord is good. To him, he's been able to determine the consequences of his actions. But this is foolhardy. All that you know to do is to sow. You know what to sow, you know how to sow, what to sow, you know when to sow, what is to be sown, but you do not determine how, what, or when the seeds will germinate and bring forth fruit. Such is spiritual commitment. 
in the morning, sow your seed of consistency. In the afternoon, sow your seed of fervency. At the evening time, sow your seed of spiritual commitment. And when the night falls, be found doing service to God with all your heart and all your might and all your soul. Mark's gospel chapter 4 and verse 26 and he said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. He so he not know how it's going to grow, how it's going to germinate. You can determine what you do, how you do what you do. When you do what you do, you cannot determine to be germinated. Such is spiritual commitment. Never look to find exactly what your prayer has turned out into. And I think the, the, the best or most appropriate objective judgment of fortification in prayers must be the word of God. We should never detonate the power of prayers to the point of the demeaning extreme of attempting to find physical faculties as reasons why prayer to God who hears prayers of the righteous indeed is fruitful. First Peter 3 and verse 12 the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears inclined to their prayers but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Hallelujah. To cut them of the land. And should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up. He not, not how, for the earth, the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. First the blade, then the air. After that, the full corn in the air. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put it in the sickle. Is come. First Corinthians and chapter three. Two fundamental elements are missing in the practice of Christianity in contemporary church worship. Or divine service. The very first one. Is an understanding. And a devoted. Passionate commitment. To the very fundamentals. Of Christianity. The second one. Is the attitude. Of constantly be in, being in remembrance of these elementary, rudimentary, basic, kindergarten, kids' stuff, children's bread kind of doctrine. I said to you in this church in such 
plain words, ladies and gentlemen, because 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 12 says, seeing that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. Ambiguity, vagueness, or shouted mysticism is not godly. The word of God should be preached at us with such sunset reality of clearness that anyone who has an open heart will quickly be taught and brought abreast of facts the way they are. And know that the church is drifting towards drifting towards human philosophies in the way there are certain elements being taught that are difficult to understand. Second Corinthians 2 and verse 17 says, we are not as them that corrupt the word. Because there is such a thing as Second Corinthians 11 and verse 3, the simplicity <laughs> that's the word sincerity anyway, the simplicity in Christ. Therefore, see we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 1. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Two things are very essential, which we are losing out on. The basic elements of Christianity. The very tiniest of doctrinal imbibition, doctrinal taking to imbibe. And number two, being in constant remembrance of these doctrinal basics. you feel for being in this church being at this glorious church service and one little boy comes in from class 2 I mean primary 2 from basic 2, what is called basic 2 or whatever basic it's called now to teach you God's word for 5 minutes bubbling and mumbling and fumbling with the dictate of redemption from the word of God, mentioning only verses peculiar to kindergarten Sunday school saying things that look like kid stuff. I said to you in plain words in this church, normal Christianity is fervent Christianity. And fervent Christianity at the best is normal Christianity. When you have seen a pastor, a pastor who is dogged and militant and fervent and consistent and conscientious and continuous and laborious and dutiful and diligent and lightly imputing in the things of the spirit is just being a normal Christian. Romans 12 and verse 11. Not slothful in business, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Hebrews 6, 12. Not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. See then that ye love, he says, one another with a pure heart, fervently. The normal service to the Lord is fervent service. Each time you cannot meet Paul 
with fervent Christianity, you are backsliding. This is the status quo. It's time you cannot grind witch with a very, very committed Christian. You are backsliding. A day that looks like a day of a normal Christian service. A day that looks like a day of just normal Christianity is a backsliding day. And many of us live in the backsliding days. We have backsliding kind of lives. I was trying to look through the Bible to find space for petty Christianity. The light-handed approach we have towards God. He just, just come in a church and uh, just a little talk with Jesus and um, one or two verses in case there's a need to apply God's word and um, one or two relationships with God from forms of prayer. All my prayer meetings, mm-mm-mm. for those who are naturally pious, religious, and uh, fanatical, oh, prayer meeting is just enough. That's me. What exactly do I want God to do? I look so me. I see people just bother God unnecessarily. You can imagine they go to church, they cry and scream all night long. Doesn't it sound stupid? Go to church, scream all night long. Young boys, you should put their hands to work. It's a more fruitful physical service. Go to church, pace around, saying rubbish to the Lord. I was trying to look in Bible. There's no space for petty Christianity. There's no space for normal Christianity. There's no space. There's no records of um, normal, above normal, average, above average, and then if you are a pastor, someone says, I'm not called. If you are not called, you are not born again. Did you hear me? If you are not called, you are not born again. The reason why you are called born again is because you are called. The church is destroying this thing. The church is teaching us wrong things. Say, so, you are called. You are not called. You are anointed. You are not anointed. You are a minister. You are a boy of God. You are a man of God. You are a girl of God. Rubbish! Every Christian has been called into the ministry in accordance with the purpose of God. The pastor is no more called than you are called as a petty, lazy Christian who comes in once in a while. He has been given the ministry. We all have the ministry. And this is the bane of Christianity. We've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light to show forth. He called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. First Peter 2 verses 9 and then 10. We who are not a people before now, we are not the people of God. We who hitherto had not obtained mercy, but now we have obtained mercy. He has called us a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, people who have been called out of darkness. If God called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, what other calling do you want? God called you in 2 Corinthians 5 from verses 17 through 19. He has given you the ministry of reconciliation. What else do you want from the Lord? If God called you, 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 5, He has made you sufficient and given you the ministry of the New Testament. What else do you want from the Lord? 
If God called you first Peter 4 verse 10, he said, every man as he hath received the gift. Every man, every man, every man, everybody has been called. Everybody has been gifted. Everyone is anointed. He has anointed us all. The reason we were called Christians is because we are anointed with the fullest beam of God's anointing power. He established us and anointed us in Christ whose name is God and given us the earnest of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. To have God's Holy Spirit is the calling of God. Everyone is called. Everyone will not be qualified by short practice or empty propaganda of human wisdom and administrative powers. Everyone has been called by the blood of Jesus that he has separated you from your mother's womb and called you by his grace revealed in Christ Jesus is the ultimate of heavenly calling. There's a higher calling that we have received in Christ Jesus more than anything physical. God has called us so. The commitment you ought to have for being called by a man into church service should even be petty compared with the commitment you ought to have for being a Christian. Fervent Christianity is normal Christianity. The devil has cheated us too long. He's given us a line, a deceitful thought towards it. Why, why, why should I be committed when I don't want to become a pastor? You are already a pastor. In fact, you are more than a pastor. You are a Christian. A pastor is called one for his activities. A Christian is called one for his nature. <laughs> a pastor is called one for his pious, pretentious religion. A Christian is called one because he's been made one by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are shortchanging yourself and humanity. You have been undercut. You have been underutilized for not manifesting fully as a Christian. Fervent Christianity is normal Christianity. There's no space for lukewarmness. There's no space for being either hot nor cold. There's no space for being ordinary. There's no space for being weaker. There's no space for being petty. There's no space for being loose, lazy, lax, lascivious, or living in levity. There's no space for laziness. The five L's plagued and has plagued many of us in life. There's no space. The only space is for good Christianity. That's normal Christianity. When you come to church morning, night and day, when you pray in tongues 24 hours, and you read your Bible 28 hours, so fervent that you forget to eat your food and you are so laborious that you do the things of God by will and in your sleep you are praying in the Holy Ghost in your dream you are praying in the Holy Ghost and the thoughts of God prevail and pervade your own thoughts and you don't even think of the second moment you think of God you are just being a normal Christian it looks to me as if most of us are not normal Christians a normal or abnormal Christianity is more common today than we have Christianity common the kind of life we are living are Christian lives or minus Christian lives. First Corinthians chapter 3. Are you coming along? I didn't come here to make you happy. I came to preach the word of God. I'm not one of those who come to make people excited in church. I've gone past that long, long time ago. God forbid I come to church to make anybody happy. They're not the one who employed me. It was God who employed me because I know that if you had employed me, 
and you pay me some salary, I will have to dance to your tune. But thank God you don't pay me anything so I can come to this place and cut your toes and let God speak to you what he has to say. And then I'll go back home and get my salary from the Lord. And if he doesn't pay me, I just manage with him to get to heaven. First Corinthians, first Corinthians 3. Are you in church? I came for you today. Can you see? First Corinthians 3. And verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Have you noticed the word of God does not say, I've spoken this because you are babes. He said, I'm speaking as unto. As like I would have spoken to a baby. Now, does not say, I'm speaking this to you because you are babies. I have to speak like I would have spoken to babies. You should understand it's metaphoric. They are not babies in Christ. They are only acting like babies in Christ. People's attitudes could give them up for being spiritual or being babies in the things of the spirit. There's no space for babies in the kingdom of God. It's either you are spiritual or you are unspiritual. But your own spiritual activities or mental inclination could be called Babies. The man was saying, I will have spoken to you as men, but for your attitude, you are babies. Does not mean you are a babe. Because there are many of us who say, I'm still a baby. <laughs> I'm still a baby. I'm still a baby. And you'll be a baby for so long. Many of us have been babies for 20 years. Feeding bottle Christians. Baby. I'm still a baby. Did you pray yesterday? Pray. Why would I pray? I'm still a baby. Your friend is sick. Let's cast that devil out of him. Cast the devil out of him. I'm a baby. He called them babes for their attitudes. There are certain descriptions the Bible gives metaphorically for people's attitudes and not for their nature. It's just attitudes. That makes God's word refer to them like the attitudes. May I show you some? I will. Even if you don't want to, I will show you. <laughs> In case you don't want me to, I'll still show you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. First Corinthians and chapter 11. Verse 29. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, unworthily speaks of an attitude, does not speak of his nature. So you don't come to God say, I unworthy servant. I stand before. Shut up. God made you worthy by Christ Jesus. If you are worthy today, then Christ's blood is in vain. No matter what a Christian does, no matter where he is found, no matter what a Christian does, no matter where he is found, what makes him worthy is the value of the blood of Christ Jesus. Any time the value of your life, the value of your integrity in the sight of God spiritually becomes unworthy, then Christ died in vain. It's impossible to reduce a Christian to being unworthy. He could be unworthily, but it's impossible to make him unworthy. 
So when you sing your song next time, you know what to say. When you say, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved us. Shut it up! If he made you a wretch, then he's a wretch also. What if his sins are so derogatory as to make him equal to a wretch? Well, his sins look like he's a wretch, but his nature is the nature of God. There's a difference between who he is and what he does. What God did was to change who he is. What he's going to do now is what he does with who God made him. Now God is going to judge him, not for who he is anymore, because if God judges him for who he is, then God is judging himself. God has made him acceptable in his sight with his own righteousness for who he is, but what he does, God will judge him for, because God expects him to walk in accordance with who God made him. There's a difference between who he is and what he does, and we're missing it. He's righteous. Second Corinthians chapter 21. He's the righteousness of God in Christ. That's the ultimate of righteousness. The holiness this man possesses, nobody has on earth, only in heaven. It's God's qualitative holiness that is divine in action. It's divine in potency. It's divine in ramifications. It's divine in depth and divine in height and divine in length. Have you seen that word unworthily? Let's quickly run. Attitudes. Verse 2. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. Why couldn't they bear it? Verse 3. For ye are yet carnal. You are carnal. The man was not saying there's a part of God's word called meek. There's one other part called meat. The man was saying, I'm being careful the way I talk to you because you are carnal. There's schism amongst you. You are divided. You're found encapsulated in this glorious scene of hero worship. Some say I'm a poor, others say I'm a powerless. I'm scared you're not born again. The man Paul expressed this kind of apprehension, this kind of fear also. At Galatians 1 verse 9 when he said, for observing days and months, I'm afraid let's have labored in vain. If you claim you belong to a man that you're not saved, if you are saved that you know you belong to Christ. I'm being careful the way I talk to you. I'm being careful because you're so carnal. There's tribes and divisions and envies among you. I'm being careful. That does not say God's word has the babe or the adult part. And this is the wrong approach we have with fundamentals. We feel that fundamentals are for the babes. Ladies and gentlemen, fundamentals are for the Christians. There's no aspect of God's word that is for babies. We all are babes. In the absolute sense of that word, you will always be a baby in the hands of God. First Peter 1 verse 2 has newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that he may grow thereby. James 1 18 of his own will begat, begat yours by the word of truth. Look at this other one. Hallelujah! 
Hebrews chapter 5. Neglecting the fundamentals is a very serious problem. And refusing to be remembrance of the ones we have known is also another serious problem. It's a two-sided, bifurcated problem. I'm trying to address this glorious Sunday morning, the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, the year 2008. Descriptive of Melchizedek, a high priest called of God from verse 10. Verse 11 says, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be altered. Seeing ye are put that word nothros. There's a word called dull. I'm using the King James version of the Bible. Now you see that word dull? That's the Greek word nothros. Nothros. It's N-O-T-H-R-O-S. You know this word does not just mean dull. It means lazy or slothful. You are lazy or slothful. Slothful or lazy, slothful or lazy, slothful or lazy. That's what dull. So let me read verse 11 better still with this understanding. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be altered. They are not hard to be altered because they are difficult things to be said. They are hard to be altered because you are lazy. You are disinclined. And discouraged because you are lazy. So there's some things I should have taught you, but you are lazy. I should have taught you some things more on this high priest called after the order of God. I'm trying to liken Christ to you. But you're lazy. You have, you have become disenchanted. He said, I should have fed you with meat and now we make. But you are babes, you are scandal. There are some things you are. Yeah, are you really saved? Now here he's saying, some things I should have said that had to be altered. Because. You know why I'm trying to knock all these out? There is nothing hard to be uttered in the things of the kingdom of God. What other place will find something very close to this? In Second um, Peter chapter 3 from verse 15 where he said concerning Paul in, his, in all of his epistles writing in them some things hard to be understood and he defines what it means to be hard to be understood by the context now don't just open your mouth and say, God's word is hard or small or simple. It's milky or meaty, bony or metallic. No. You know what he said? He said, Paul, in some of his epistles, speaking to them some things, had to be understood which day that are unstable, distort. So the reason why they had to be understood according to the man Peter's words is because those who are unstable distorted. He said they were unstable. So we have we know the reason why it had to be understood because they are unstable. The reason why there was meat and milk was because they were carnal. The reason why some things had to be understood is because they are lazy. And you must get the context. I'm trying to build this fundamental because there's no such thing in the kingdom of God as something required for some people and something absent from the others. Every child of God has been called into a true, thorough, consistent, vast knowledge of the word of God. There's no aspect of God's word that God expects you to leave out, exclude, occlude, or even preclude. Seemingly. 
Hebrews chapter 5, let me quickly run. And verse 12. He said, for when? Have you seen that word? For, have you seen also when? It's another word. Two words, for when? For the time. 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 There are three reasons why many of us be fundamentals. There are three basic reasons why many of us leave fundamentals. The first reason is that we do not realize how important fundamentals are. The basic element of the faith. I said to him, man, when did you get born again? He might say, ah, I can't remember. He said, then you are not born again. Anybody in this church who does not know when he got born again is not born again yet. Because to be born again is a very serious issue. When I gave my life to Christ, I knew I was doing something serious. You must be able to put your fingers on the knee on the very tip of that day you got born again. There was a day I gave my life to Christ. I gave my life to Christ. I gave my life to Christ. I submitted. I said, Christ, come into my heart. I believe you died and paid by your blood. I believe God sent you to die and redeem me from my sins. And that with faith in you, I'm saved and cursed from my sins. I'm made a child of God in glory. I confess you as Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. That was a day like this. If you don't have record of that day, you're not born again yet. Dilly dally with anything. Dilly dally with your marriage. Is God leading you? Is God leading you? Most likely. Down with you. Dilly dally with your workplace. Are you meant to work there? dilly-dally with the church you ought to attend but never dilly-dally with your salvation if you cannot remember the day you gave your life to Christ then you must do it before you leave this church today it's a clear thing that day I gave my life to Christ I won't forget it's an evidential desire I remember don't realize how essential how essential fundamentals are. Number two. The wrong concept of having to leave leave the elementary doctrine leave the elementary doctrine leave it and go to perfection. <laughs> you, you, know, you know how funny it is. It's like coming to this church and leaving the pews to come on this place. <laughs> you have left the place of the commoners and you stay here. Is this still not part of the church? And this place is related to that place. Now, never say to yourself, this place is more important. This place serves a purpose like this place also. There's no platform without the people. There are no people without the platform. If you remove all these sheets today and put hedge of thorns and metals and bricks and piercing objects, then this place is to be an altar. Because nobody will come and sit here or stay here anymore. It's related. I don't know where you're running to. You say, actually, levels here. Levels here. Do you know the mentality of another level? A higher level of money. High level of grace. High 
higher level of somebody to marry. You start from a port. There are many of us who change hands in who to marry. So also we change hands in things of God. You go to a higher church. A, a higher doctrine. Now what is your higher doctrine? Tell me which part of the Bible is the high, which part is the petty. I said to him and I said, quote me John 3.16. Quote John 3.16. The man said, Which one of them? John 3.16. Sir, I forgot you know. Quote John 3.16. Yes, I got it. Beloved, let us love one another. For God is of love and love is of God. And therefore he came to die and pay back. Quote John 3.16 to your neighbor. Come on, do it. To your neighbor, just quote it. You see, they're making a mistake. Can you see what I'm saying? Can you see what I'm saying? I'll continue next week. Jump to your feet. Hallelujah. Glory to God! I'll continue next week. Fundamentals are very essential. Fundamentals are very essential. You must go back to the basic element of the doctrine of Christ. You must revisit those things you call milk. They are the truth of the word that will never change. People's attitudes at times could make us speak of the meat and the milk but not their nature. The nature of the Christian requires the word. Whether you call it meat or you call it milk or you call it food, it's still all right. But for spiritual growth there must be a regular intake of doctrine, of teaching as a lifestyle, as a form of materiality for growth. You must and ingest the word of God in the right proportion. You must take the right word of God in his right nature and balance so you can make progress and grow in the things of the Lord. This is the way of the Lord. This is what God is saying. Never look down upon the word as anything petty. But take a hold of the word of God. Lift your hands and give him glory. And bless him. And worship him. And say, I love you, Lord. And say, I praise you. And say, I celebrate you. And say, I thank you, Lord. Oh, my God. Hey! 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 I love you Lord I praise you you are worthy Lord you are great there is none like you there is none beside me you are the righteous Lord you are the holy one you are the great I am. You are the master. You are the creator of the new creature. You are the giver of eternal life. You said Christ said that paid by your blood. I love you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Oh, I bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now put your hands down your wife. Put your hands down your wife. There's somebody here you have you have this painful sensation as you urinate 
It's a painful sensation. As, let me see your hand above your head quickly. Quickly, quickly. All eyes closed. Come, 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 come. Come. If you are joining him, join him. All eyes closed. Come. From the top of your head to the soles and tip of your toes, in accordance with the word of the Lord, be healed today. Thank you, Father. It's an operation of the gift of healings and the working of miracles. Restoration and normalcy. You are free. Thank you, Father. Go back to your seats. We love you, Lord, and praise you. Lift your hands and give him glory and thank him. And bless him. And bless him. And bless him. Yeah, follow today. Yes, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. If you are sick, anywhere in your body, raise your hand above your head. Not the man I just laid hands on. Any other person. If you are sick anywhere in your body, raise your hand above your head. Healing power. Bring it by the restoration. Let the pains leave these bodies. Boy, girl, man, woman. Anybody. Every pain leave your body. Be thou healed. Today. From the top of your head to the soles and top of your toes. Be cleansed of thy infirmity. And even people you know out at this place. Relations and well-wishers and friends. That you know are sick. Your conscious are sick. You've been informed they are sick. I banish those ailments from their bodies. I say be raised from your dead beds. In the name of Jesus Christ, healing power today. Thank you, Lord. Be at the heart of the Lord. Give you glory. Give you glory, Father. Amen. You are holy. They are holy. We are holy. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have not met Jesus, I don't know what I feel to within my heart right now. I would rather die and leave this world and go to meet the Lord, which is far better and great gain than to meet somebody on earth, especially those I preach to, preachers who will still go and make hell their home. I want to God that you give your life to Christ in surrender so that he will come into your life with eternal life break the power of the evil one and write your name in his book of life if you are not sure you are born again or you are not born again at all or you are a backslider it's the same category you are not sure you are born again or you are a backslider or you are an unbeliever now come, I want to pray for you. Quickly come. 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 Come quickly. Come quickly. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Glory be to God.
Amen. And amen. And amen.